Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deck. And most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. If you are listening to this on the day it comes out, then uh, you are probably aware that as we're recording this Monday, October 4th, uh, Mark Zuckerberg lost $7 billion and counting. Facebook is down. WhatsApp and Instagram are down. It's not a typical DDoS, distributed denial of service. It is something much bigger, much nastier. I've been in contact with some folks on the tech side. Uh, just to let you know some of the rumors, some of the facts here. Um, rumor number one, a hack. Uh, New York Times is currently saying that that's not that that's not likely, but it occurs while there's some other stuff in the air. Facebook also uh, just it just got reported they had 1.5 billion people's 
user information found for sale on a hacker forum. A whistleblower came out talking about their role in uh, hate groups. And we'll, we'll also see, by the way, in this week's Strange News, how larger social media platforms navigate handling controversial stuff. But these are all going to be, uh, I, I think there's an episode on this in the future. Uh, the, this may even be related to, I don't know, the Pandora Papers. But And just remember in 2019 when Facebook went down for quite a while, all that Facebook officially said was that there was some routine maintenance going on and something happened and it went down. But everything's okay. Nothing bad happened. At the end of the day, I mean, it's not like they're legally obligated to tell us anything, right? I mean, they can spend whatever PR line they want, and it's not like they're, you know, breaking the law. Yeah, unless they're actively covering up illegal activity, they don't have to tell people. Uh, but this is this is interesting because you you may you may be slightly amused to find fellow conspiracy realists that the current word is Facebook employees can't get into the building; not even their badges are working. Uh, they also due to the Internet of Things, the people who were already in the building when this happened aren't able to get into some rooms. Like, they can't get into conference rooms and stuff. People are literally locked out, whether or not you work for Facebook. So don't feel like it's just you, folks. <laughs> right? Yeah, we, look, and condolences to all our Instagram junkies out there. We know how it is. We're very sorry. It's got to be a tough day. I mean, that's a thing for sure. But also, you know, so many people, their whole livelihood is on Instagram. My girlfriend mm. sells so many of her, you know, pieces of stained glass art that she makes directly through Instagram. So this is actively costing some people money. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's not just Mark. But with this in mind, a lot of crazy things happened this weekend and today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about YouTube. We're going to talk about some true crime revelations and we'll maybe start this week's strange news with a massive leak. Uh, it's something a lot of people are asking us, but we were talking about it with each other off air. It's something called the Pandora Papers. So here's what happened. The largest investigation in the history of journalism of this type just released 2.9 something terabytes of information have hit the public Space. The Pandora Papers are a cache of around 11.9 million files from all sorts of companies that are hired by very wealthy clients, like world leader type wealthy clients, to create offshore tax dodges to help hide dirty money, to help wash dirty money. Uh, we're talking about stuff that involves everything from uh, our own boy Putin and his his crew. Uh, it shows you how they go about Putin on the Ritz uh, financially. Uh, we're talking about tax havens like Panama, Dubai, South Dakota, Switzerland, and the Cayman Islands. You heard that correctly. South Dakota, who knew? It is a haven for international corruption. This is bigger than the lesser known Paradise Papers. This cache of 2.94 terabytes of information is the biggest leak of its sort ever in history. And it goes from like Vietnam to Singapore to Belize to the Bahamas, you name it. Uh, if you are familiar with the international shenanigans of dirty money, then it's here. Uh, and this is like, there's a who's who. King Abdullah II has a, who knew he has a secret real estate empire that's worth a hundred million. Uh, Vladimir Putin's alleged mistress also has a hundred million, prompting one of us 
I'll say who, but one of us in our group thread uh, to say, uh, you know, I'm not super into like getting romantic with dictators, but a hundred mil is a hundred mil. I was joking, by the way, guys. <laughs> That's not uh -huh. nice yet. Yeah, it, this this thing is intense. It's like you said, bigger than those other major leaks that we remember. We did a whole episode on Panama Papers. You can find that right now. But it is very similar, and it is, I think. Anytime you get to unmask some of these front companies, right? These completely legal, like legally created front companies, that's all above board. You're allowed to do that. But then unmasking those and looking at the people behind the curtain, it's, uh, I mean, the revelations won't stop coming because there's so much information here. Yes. And we need to give a enormous shout out to the international consortium of investigative journalists. That's the full name of what you'll hear referred to in the reporting, the ICIJ. They started releasing this information on October 3rd of this year, just a few days ago. And this stuff can, we're talking about stuff like documents, images, spreadsheets, emails from 14 different financial service companies. And when we're talking about money here, we're talking up to an estimated $300 trillion US. And that doesn't include everything. That doesn't include like real estate, art, which is another great way to launder money, and jewelry, which is also not a bad way to launder money. Uh, the, the big issue is that, you know, as we've said, and I think generally everybody acknowledges this now, a lot of wealthy people don't pay taxes. And it's not necessarily illegal. They just have the financial wherewithal to hire experts who will spend the time hiding the money in a way that the average person simply cannot afford to do in either terms of time or money. And now we have to start wondering what this leads to. What next? World governments have taken action. I know the Panama Papers some of the more cynical among us sometimes say, well, no one did anything. What has changed? But in their defense, different countries did take action and get their appropriate tax revenue. So the same thing will probably happen here. So I, I have a question. Is, is this like, is this necessarily evidence of illegal activity or is this just like a bad look, like a PR disaster for many of these folks? Not in every case. It's not illegal in every case. And that's because we are, to a degree... The badger in the bag here is the reason it's not illegal in every case is because we are talking about many of the people who decide what is or is not legal. Well, like, for example, the um, the king of Jordan, King Abdullah of Jordan, obviously that country has been the recipient of, you know, millions and millions of dollars in American aid money. All the while, King Abdullah II has been funneling millions and millions of dollars into the United States. Or he's bought all of these lavish properties in Miami and in Southern California and in places like that. So while maybe not illegal, definitely a bad look for a ruler who was, you know, ruling over a country that was in desperate need of financial assistance, right? Yeah. So there's a there are probably going to be some rough patterns of distribution and money movement 
that we can find and categorize later. Uh, this is just, this is a ton of stuff to go through. I want to thank everybody who reached out to me, not on Facebook, not on Instagram today or WhatsApp, but folks who found a way to reach out to me and asked a couple of interesting questions. One of the ones that was my favorite, and I think I reached out to you guys about as well, was the idea that this could possibly be John McAfee's dead hand. But, um, for a couple of reasons, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I'd be surprised. Recall that he said he had 31 plus terabytes of information that he would release. And again, this is 2.94 terabytes, still huge, still the biggest of its kind, but not what McAfee was saying he was packing. Yeah. And they're also reporting that there are 14 separate whistleblowers, essentially human beings that are providing this information. And, you know, I, I, I doubt that that has anything to do with McAfee, just personally. Um, but I, I want to jump to something you asked about, Noel, like, is it all illegal? And we were talking about that. Uh, ben, I think I think Tony Blair's case, at least what's been revealed about him and his wife and the purchasing of a house in London, is probably a pretty good way to examine the, I guess, legal side, but terrible look thing mm-hmm. that's going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'll at least set us up as talking about it. But um, the revelation about Tony Blair and Sherry Blair was that they purchased a home, but not the way, you know, you or I or anybody listening would purchase a home by going to a real estate agent or a bank that's got that owns the home and buying it from them. They had to deal with a an like an offshore company that owned the the house i guess and instead of purchasing the house they purchased the company that owned the house and by doing that it's essentially a tax loophole to where they don't have to then pay taxes on the house by purchasing it because they purchased the company that already owns it and now they own the company uh it's just a weird thing especially given uh tony blair's past like fighting against the exact same kind of tax loopholes. Totally. And, and, and just to double down one more time real quick on the Jordan thing. I mean, the, the country of Jordan is incredibly poor. They don't have like oil reserves and like natural resources like, you know, other areas in the Middle East that they're surrounded by. But they are a strategic kind of like diplomatic stronghold in terms of like, you know, negotiations and being this bellwether uh preventing conflict largely at the behest of the United States, or at least, you know, with the help of the United States, they're kind of doing us a solid. And therefore, I'm not saying this is a quid pro quo thing, but the United States funneled $1.5 billion of um, aid into that country. uh, And they are the third largest recipient of American foreign assistance in the entire world uh, behind only Israel and Afghanistan. So, I mean, someone's scratching someone's back and then to see that the president of that company that is receiving all this money is spending, you know, a hundred million dollars in like posh real estate in the United States. It's not a very good look for him to his people, I would imagine, but also to that relationship, you know, Uh, it just seems like there's something fishy going on. Oh, yeah, that's I mean, that's one of the distribution patterns, right? A loan is a loan is put through or financial assistance go through goes through. And you have to ask yourself how much of that actually goes to the people, right? Instead Mm. of going to someone who later through a front company or through a charity that they own, right? They funnel that money to the charity. And now it's part of the operating expense and stuff. There, There are clever ways to do it. Some of this stuff is almost certainly um, 
in conflict with the law. I'm sure there will be some weaselly term used to avoid saying illegal on the part of the many, many lawyers who are going to be doing very well for several years based on this. Uh, I So this is, I've been digging through this since it broke, and one of the things that uh, I, I think we'd all like to do is to make this a full episode. Uh, there's going to be reporting on this coming out for weeks. Even when you're listening to this next week, there's still going to be a lot of news. Now, as we know, uh, there are a couple things we, we need to bust. The Panama Papers, one of the journalists involved, did die in a car bombing attack, uh, but that was most likely due to that journalist's cor- uh, corruption investigation in Malta, rather than particularly the Panama Papers. So one group of guys you're going to meet, or group of people you're going to meet, is <laughs> a very powerful law firm that would probably rather you not know their name. Uh, they're Baker McKinsey. They kind of set up this uh, global shadow financial system. So you'll meet them down the road. Uh, you can learn a little bit about them now. And But before we go to commercial... I'd really love to hear everybody's thoughts on this as we're as we're researching, diving into this episode. One eight three three S T D W Y T K conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. If you want to learn more, you're going to see a lot of uh, very good reporting on this, and you're going to see a lot of fluff pieces, and you're going to see a lot of what I would say unfounded opinion uh, presented as fact. So spare yourself the trouble. Go to icij.org and you can see multiple reports on specific aspects. Pakistan, the Czech Republic, Sri Lanka, uh, the UK and Jordan in Russia. The list goes on and on and on. This story is going to continue to develop, dare I say explode, whether or not Facebook comes back. Speaking of coming back, we'll be back in a moment. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, 
Oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. And we're back. By the way, shout out to uh, there's a clubhouse group called Preservation of the Human Race, I think. And there was a um, a British person on there, Ben, that I guess it was early on the third. Whenever the first news was coming out, uh, they just mentioned that this was occurring. I couldn't believe it. I was like, no, another one. It's like, is this like Panama Papers? They're like, oh, it's bigger. I was like, or no. DJ Khaled. <laughs> <laughs> Another one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, really, really, really crazy. That story is crazy. I, and I can't wait to do that episode. So we're jumping now to a true crime story coming out of France. Uh, this way, this is very grim. Uh, heads up if there are kids listening. Let's, you know, pause here. Maybe again, anyone you don't want to hear something a little grizzly, grizzly about a serial killer. Let's pause right here or skip forward quite a bit. Maybe about 10, 15 minutes. All right, I'm going to start with an article from Forbes. Here is the title. Ex-French police officer identifies himself in suicide note as serial killer who terrorized Paris. Uh, First of all, wow, from the headline. Uh, Yeah. Second of all, it's this is intense. Okay, so I'm going to read some of this verbatim. This was posted on September 30th, 2021, and Uh, It is exactly what the headline said. There were a series of very brutal attacks, uh, rapes and murders that occurred in Paris in in the 1980s, 1990s. And this former police officer, this this police officer left a suicide note after he took his own life and he fatally overdosed. And that occurred this past Wednesday as we are recording this. And, you know, what's written in a suicide note? may or may not be true. So there was an investigation. They looked at his DNA and they were able to match it up in, in several places. And this guy, it turns out that this guy was a serial rapist and murderer. Legrel, and he was, it was called. Legrel, yeah. Legrel is, is the title that was named. It stand, or it's translated to the pockmarked man. And it comes from one witness that saw a, a what he called a, a man with a, a pockmarked face inside an apartment where some murders occurred, uh, two murders occurred. And it's very, I mean, it's grisly stuff. I don't want to go too deep into a lot of this. You can, you can look up all the grisly details if you want to. The big thing I want to talk to you guys about is the concept that here's another police officer uh, that was using his power 
to lure victims. And in many of the cases, at least according to a lot of the reporting that's coming out everywhere, Newsweek, BBC, you can find it everywhere. Uh, all of the French papers, if you use Google Translate, if you're not a French speaker, you can read exactly what's being said and all the information coming out. One of the primary places I went to was La Parisian. Uh, that's where I went to read about this. The Latin Times has a great article, too, where it's linking out to other articles. You, you can find all this stuff. Search it out on your own if you'd like. But the concept that this guy would approach uh, usually a woman or almost always a woman and he's, he is a police officer. And that's how he gets his victims alone. Because when an officer approaches or at least the, the pressure is to comply. So then he would get them alone and do terrible things. So I'm feeling a connection to maybe the Golden State Killer guys, because wasn't uh, wasn't he also a law enforcement officer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is um, this is something, you know, we've got law enforcement in the audience today. I think it's safe to say that uh, the rest of law enforcement officials uh, the world round are grateful that some of these cases have been closed, but also uh, disgusted doesn't even doesn't even begin to catch it. Yeah, uh, the, you're right. The well, power, absolutely, not every yeah. police officer is a serial right. murder and rapist. Yeah, no, no, it's I'm just, not saying that. I'm just saying, like, to be clear, like this is this is a un this is an uncommon thing. You know what I mean? And this guy, uh, from what I understand, he's still only been identified in the press as Francois V. But this guy knew that people were on to him on the way because he was only about 59, right? Oh, yeah, he's about 59. It, it's weird. Uh, like BBC calls him Francois Verove, V-E-R-O-V-E. -E. Um, but yeah, he's he's Francois V is the most common one. I think this is correct, though. If it's in BBC, I generally feel like it's vetted. But I, again, mm -hmm. as it's, long we're as it's in not that... the British monarchy they're talking about, they're pretty reliable. <laughs> yeah. But was the Golden State Killer like an active police officer when he was no, uh, retired? I didn't, I didn't think so. And I just wanted to mention this is I'm not being silly, but there is this was such an absurd and terrifying idea that it was the fictional subject of three slasher movies from the 80s, the Maniac Cop movies. And I think the reason they chose that is because it is so terrifying. You've got someone who's supposedly out there to, to protect and serve, you know, murdering people. And then, of course, we see police a little differently now with some of the you know shootings and all of that. But um, the idea of being in a position where someone's looking to you, uh, you know, for help and then betraying that so utterly um, is just unconscionable and absolutely horrifying. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I just want to jump to exactly what he was. He was a member of the gendarmes. If I, mm -hmm. I think we've talked about that before. It's like the French military police. Yeah, if you military ever... police officers. Yeah, exactly. So, the, I mean, not only is this guy... I'm imagining when he approached, he was very uh, disarming, maybe would be the word, or um, alarming. It's it's all, it's both things. It's like, he's, this is, you're, you're being approached by Somebody who an means officer, business. But yes. To respect. The know, intimidation. to, yes. Like, all of that occurring at once, I'm I'm certain was used completely to his favor in into getting what he was looking for. Uh, I'm sure he could uh, get someone to get into a vehicle with him for just about any reason. You know, like, I'm sorry, there's been some, there's been a disturbance. I'm going to need you to come with me. It's for your own safety. You know, that kind of talk. I just picture that. Also, police brutality is uh, real. 
It's not just restricted to the U.S. So people are literally in fear of their lives uh, and not for nothing when encountering any law enforcement figure. Uh, Also, this guy, I I have a question for you, Matt. Do you think this killer would have left a suicide note if he had not been questioned last month, uh, along with, to be fair, 750 other uh, law enforcement individual, law enforcement professionals in France. So let's just give you some more of these details from the BBC article. Uh, this person in question, Francois's body was discovered at a flat, you know, an apartment uh, that is called Grau du Roy. And there's the suicide note was there and his DNA, uh, his DNA that was taken from that scene. It matched ugh, several crime scenes that or at least DNA that was taken from several crime scenes. And, Uh, You know, at least according to the officials, when these reports were initially written, the letter was not confirmed, uh, but they did uh, they did say, I think, something to the effect that impulses, the the phrase previous impulses were in there. Uh, A couple other key phrases. Um, Basically, I had done some terrible things, but now I, quote, got myself together. But uh, so like I've I've changed. Right. But I still, you know, raped and murdered a bunch of people. And again, I don't want to go into a ton of the details here, but you can read in this BBC article in that Forbes article about specific cases and victims. And uh, at, at least there are some families out there who know who killed their loved one. Right. I mean, that's like the best you can do to have some kind of positive outcome with something like this. Yeah, and the the crimes that were attributed to this killer, the pockmarked killer, uh, the last ones, I believe, were officially linked in 1994. So for 27 years, this person was kind of in a, in a stage of dormancy unless there's other stuff linked to them. So it's interesting because we'll probably never know the internal motivations behind writing that suicide letter, but just like how it's tempting to connect the dots between this uh, strange disappearance of Facebook and its social media empire, you can connect the dots to any number of possible causes there. You can easily connect a dot that says this guy took his own life and confessed because he saw the writing on the wall, which was that justice, which grinds exceedingly slow, does grind exceedingly fine. And once they had the DNA, it was over, right? If you, yeah, you have to know at that point. Yeah, at least for many of the crimes. But again, this is somebody who was trained and took. Oh, oh God, I hate saying this. He was very careful to not leave DNA behind at many of the crime scenes. So you never know. There's pressure right now on uh, on the law enforcement there in Paris and the several different layers of it to then to now take possible DNA samples from older unsolved cases and check his DNA with them just to see, right? You have to, you have to. Mm -hmm. And with this, you know, Matt, it's interesting because we had talked about this previously in the Golden State Killer case, Joseph James D'Angelo. We we had talked about this. He was apprehended in 2018, which is strange. It seems, seems a while ago now. And we pretty clearly predicted... I don't think it was a tough prediction that more cases like this would be on the way. That's one of the, uh, the that's one of the huge innovations 
in DNA tracing like this. And as we said in that episode or in our conversations there, you don't have to have the direct DNA link of a killer, a criminal, a murderer, or a sexual assaulter. All you have to have is someone related closely enough to them. And that's that's the way DNA works. So I I still personally, like I said back in 2018, I still personally believe that there are more of these on the way. And I believe it's a I believe it's a necessary thing because as we know, you know, a repugnant, a terrifying amount of rape kits end up sitting, you know, and, and not getting checked or not getting processed. Um, we, we received some wonderful correspondence from people associated with the process who broke down how these things can happen. But there, there are more crimes to be solved. And with this, I believe they will be solved, or at least hopefully some of them. And just when it comes to numbers here, at least according to the BBC, this guy, Francois Verov, is supposedly linked to four murders and six rapes. Uh, but it is believed that there are likely more. But there is uncertainty there. Again, it's going to require more testing, more more uh, checking DNA against available evidence. He also, uh, we know, attempted several things unsuccessfully, which is a strong indicator that there are more than those four cases. All right. So now that everybody feels better about themselves in the world, <laughs> let's take well, a quick break. <laughs> I mean, that is sort of the, the, the service that true crime provides a lot of people. It makes you kind of feel better about your life, that you're not being, you know, murdered by uh, a police officer. Um, yeah. But, well, um, I, yes, I, I, I want to link this. I'm not linking it in any way, but, as we were as we were talking about this, if anyone is paying attention to what's going on in London right now, the death of Sarah Everard and everything going on with that case is well worth, worth your time to look into and just get some kind of takeaway from protecting yourself uh, when you're anywhere alone or even with somebody else. If there is, and, and sorry, just the 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 takeaway is. And again, nothing against any law enforcement officer out there when I'm saying this, but be careful if there's a lone officer approaching you, because ex- generally yeah. that's not going to happen. The explicit warning of the United of the government of the United Kingdom. Yes. Be wary of lone officers. L-O-N-E, not L-O-A-N. Lone officers? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think there are. They're, they're, out, they're out there officers. doing God's. They're, they're yeah. out there doing God's work, though. You know, running around, put, sorry, crack it down on people. I think they send letters or call yeah. you. Yeah, uh, yeah, but no. And, and if you don't true. answer, they'll start calling your mom, whoever, whoever co-signed. You know, with it's true. Sorry for the sorry for the levity there. That that was genuinely funny. Um, okay, but yes, we will be back after a few words from our sponsor, and we'll move on to something uh, very different. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. 
$25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. And we're back. It's more strange news. This is, uh, by the time you hear this, this will likely have evolved uh, to a degree. But um, as of right now, something that's been a long time coming, YouTube has officially banned anti-vaccine content from the platform. Um, We know that algorithms that YouTube uses have been, you know, automatically taking down some things related to COVID-19 vaccination conspiracies, conspiracy theories. Um, But now they are extending this to all uh, anti-vax type of talk. Uh, And this actually is, is can have a pretty significant effect on some pretty popular creators um, or, or content generators. Let's, let's call it. It's not entirely creative pursuit, but they are banning uh, accounts that include Joseph Mercola's uh, channel, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., um, who has uh, been linked and you know very supportive of the Children's Health Defense Fund and, and others. Um, it's interesting because this isn't exactly new. They've been trying to crack down on misinformation, you know, using that algorithm. Uh, but there have been some folks that have actually gotten hit by the algorithm that weren't even 
spreading anti-vax content. They were just offering, you know, reporting or, or like a critical kind of dissection, you know, from a pop, from a media standpoint of this type of misinformation. Certain words get flagged and videos get taken down, while some prominent anti-vaccine uh, accounts have continued to, to be putting videos out. So it's it's been pretty interesting to follow. But um, like I said, this not only affects COVID-19 vaccination uh, videos, you know, spreading misinformation and propaganda, but also other vaccines like the flu shot uh, or the measles, mumps and rubella, which is a combo vaccine that, you know, most kids get and um, things like uh, human papilloma virus uh, vaccines, HPV. Um, you know, this is a whole community and it's been very, very controversial for a long time. Folks refusing to have their children vaccinated and, and acting as though uh, being vaccinated is some way depriving them of their you know, freedom. Um, certainly a very divisive subject and one that I think people probably in your own lives maybe come down on different sides of. And there's, you know, certainly different shades of opinions about the subject in terms of like, how early do you get your children vaccinated? Do you do it all at once? You know, is it something that's better to spread out? But then when you start venturing into the more kind of all or nothing approach where it's like all vaccines are forms of mind control or in some ways, you know, depriving people of their civil liberties. I think that's when most of us can agree that things have gone uh quite a bit too far. And when it gets politicized, it can obviously be very dangerous um, when we're literally living in the midst of a pandemic. So they've already demonetized anti-vaccination content as far back as 2019. Um, and in October of 2020, said they would remove videos that pushed misinformation about the COVID-19 vaccination in particular. Um, but this, I think, probably is a is a you know, a means of casting a wider net so that they don't have to fine tune the algorithm to grab only, you know, certain types of anti-vax talk. Uh, instead, it'll be easier, I think, for them to pull all of it. Uh, but guys, I mean, I, I was certainly involved in the podcast, but I was never really on the YouTube side of it. But you guys have certainly seen stuff they don't want you to know videos pulled or demonetized due to literally just reporting on things that could be construed as hate speech, but you're just, you know, discussing something um, or any of these other things. And I could see, you know, if we did a video on this subject, the algorithm could certainly catch some of these keywords and potentially demonetize or deplatform the video. What are y'all's thoughts on this? Is it too extreme? Is it anti-free speech? Or is it exactly what needs to happen in this age where disinformation is just so easily spread on platforms like YouTube and, and you know other social media. YouTube has put in a lot of work to attempt to automate the deplatforming or the demonetization, at the very least, of uh, content that it feels could be particularly distasteful, or perhaps even more importantly, content it feels could endanger people's lives. And before this statement, they had already taken down 130,000 something anti-vax things just in the last year alone. It's a um, exacerbation of a, of a previous aim, but those questions you raise regarding what is free speech or what should people uh, be allowed or not allowed to say in, you know, the modern public square, because let's be honest, the internet is the modern public square of this era of humanity. Uh, those questions sometimes have very clear-cut answers, right? And then sometimes they don't have uh, easy, comforting 
answers. The problem with the automation is exactly as you describe. Uh, it can be sometimes too broad of a brush. It can be a chainsaw where maybe scissors would be better for the job or a scalpel, I guess, as the saying goes. Um, but Matt and I, yeah, in our YouTube trenches days, we had run into stuff that accelerated um, accelerated deplatforming or demonetization simply because of keywords or simply because of a specific clip. Like one thing that surprised me is writing and presenting a guide to how people get away with murder. And that was not one of the first ones to get <laughs> deplatformed. Um, there's also a financial incentive here because if you can di further disincentivize people are spreading a message you don't like, whatever it is, then they are going to be rational actors and they are going to make different videos if they depend on YouTube for income in the future. A dirty secret of YouTube, by the way, is that they the, Google and Alphabet get a lot of money off the gross of revenue for any video because they are the only game in town. So that's why I say further disincentivizing overall if it's saving people's lives is it not a good thing the problem is with this kind of approach it's going to further i don't want to say radicalize but people oh, i know gonna, where you're heading with this yeah people aren't going to say youtube shut this down because it's dangerous they're going especially if they're on the fence about vaccination they're going to say there's something they don't want you to know. It's we did proof it. we organically the fact that they the pulled it. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we did. did. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, I just want to jump in really quickly here and talk about uh, this November 16th, 2010 video we posted called Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, Vaccinations. And it's still up. So it's still functioning. Yeah, uh, That's good. We've got a COVID episode that came out not long ago on our Conspiracy Stuff channel about yeah, it's, it's got COVID in the name. Monetization got turned off on that one, uh, but Just they didn't take the it down. Word. <laughs> yeah, putting that C word on. I am noticing that most of the videos in this format, the one where it's just us on Zoom talking, are all monetized still. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not making much money, but they're all monetized. <laughs> uh, but if you, you know, COVID, oh my God, the next video that has COVID in the name, demonetized. Yep, that's the algorithm uh, at work. People aren't manually watching these and switching them off. Not even, not even back then. Well, just just really quick, just to read from their policy, they posted this: the vaccine misinformation policy. YouTube doesn't allow content that poses a serious risk of egregious harm by spreading medical misinformation about currently administered vaccines that are approved and confirmed to be safe and effective by local health authorities and by the World Health Organization. This is limited to content that contradicts local health authorities or the WHO's guidance on vaccine safety efficacy and ingredients so i'm wondering if they waited until now because only just now i believe has the who or or, or i'm sorry has the fda fully vetted and tested the pfizer vaccine isn't that right allegedly well okay fair enough to, to the few people we're, we're maybe concerned about here but i do want to point out they do have a, a section that sort of covers what should have covered our videos and your videos, educational, scientific, artistic, or testimonial content. YouTube may allow content that violates the misinformation policies noted on this page if that content includes additional context in the video, audio, title, or description. This is not a free pass to promote mis mis misinformation. 
Additional context may include countervailing views from local health authorities or medical experts. We may also make exceptions if the purpose of the content is to condemn, dispute, or satirize misinformation that violates our policies. We may also make exceptions for content showing an open public forum, like a protest or public hearing, provided the content does not aim to promote misinformation that violates our policies. But again, your brush argument, Ben, is, is, is a big part of this. It's hard to separate these things, you know, from the genuine article sometimes. Um, there, yeah. Yeah. There's something really important that I wish was getting more uh, coverage about this issue. And it's this. There's clear proof that a lot of the more extreme things, a lot of the more extreme memes or videos or little factoids that are floating about on the internet, especially regard to anti-vaccination stuff, are themselves purposely produced disinformation from foreign powers waging asymmetric information warfare. This is not a theory. It's not something that's just like, oh, let's get high in our dorm room and talk about it. This is actually happening. There's money behind it. And that does pose a threat because that means that at the very least, the people who are spreading that information, they themselves don't believe it. In fact, they think the people who do swallow it hook, line, and sinker are marks, are rubes. And uh, they have met with a measure of success in this regard. Now, we have had great conversations with many of our fellow conspiracy realists about multiple angles of this, you know, the the troubled history of bad actors in the world of vaccination, shout out to Skeegee, blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, you know, the word factoid means something that sounds true, but is very much not right. true, right? No, you and used so, it correctly just now. And I was really <laughs> going to applaud you on that because people okay. use it as like almost like a listicle, like a factoid is like a nugget, like a fact nugget. But in fact... I, I, think it's, I just want to point out and applaud you. I think that's really important to point out that that word is often misused. Well, it's and also this this kind of information is misused because if you it's one thing, I would argue, if someone is genuinely saying and they're sincerely saying, I am personally worried about vaccination. Why are you personally worried about that in general or in a specific situation? Well, it's specific situation for these reasons, A, B, all the way to Z, etc. That's different from thinking I am going to pull an op on someone or I'm going to pull an op on a country. You know what I mean? That's that's not the same thing. And I'm sure the good folks at YouTube are are very well aware of this and they're they're thinking through this. But. Ultimately, you know, like you said, Noel, and I think we can all agree that the issue with this in the future is that they may end up accidentally um, accelerating the problem that they are attempting to address because now that knowledge may be seen as purposely suppressed or it may be seen as genuine knowledge and that, you know, that's the, it's just going to make people double down. That's exactly what's going to happen. Instead of putting out something that says like, Hey, here, even if you make an official statement, instead of putting something that's like an added on part of a video that comes on like a pre-roll advertisement that says, Hey, it's us, YouTube, here's the thing. And you should know that the like you should know that uh, genuine Happy Eagle News is uh, is a front group for these folks out in St. Petersburg. 
and they want you <laughs> to believe the following stuff. We're keeping it up, but you should know what's happening. Like, I don't know if that approach will work either, but it's just going to pe- that's how people's brains work. The human brain is going to say, this means I was right the whole time. And now maybe some of those other things that I once thought were too extreme are true because someone's covering this up. And we're not saying either of those cases are true. We're just saying, like, that's, that's day one stuff, buddy. As they said in Workaholics. Do you remember Workaholics? I do. Matt, what do you think, man? Like, uh, as far as the free speech angle or as far as, like, depending on an algorithm to censor things for us. Like, have we, have we hit, like, a high watermark of, like, being so concerned about people's ability to separate fact from fiction that we have to, like, kind of police this information for them? Well, it stinks. There's a part of me that feels like we as a species kind of abused our free speech privileges, like we're in a classroom and we just did something. We're, we're using it too uh, freely, <laughs> like a, a bathroom pass or something. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. but, but at the same time, I, a bigger part of me thinks that if, if we stifle everyone's ability to think and have discussions and, you know, say that stuff out loud, then we're way worse off. Um, God, I guess the I problem, that, no, it's, you make a good point, Matt, but it's also in the past we could def- depend on things like journalistic codes of ethics or things that sort of were like the the ground rules, right? Like the rules of engagement, you know? Same with like in war where we used to have like, you know, this is the one side, they wear these uniforms and this is the other side, they wear these. And if you throw up a white flag, then you're supposed to both abide by that and kind of like, do you know, like back down. But now with the internet and you not knowing which uniform people are wearing and flags are all mainly just red now um it's really hard for people to separate that stuff so it's like you need someone to kind of do it for you but yeah we teach critical thinking on this show or preach it anyway maybe not preach but it's something that we feel very strongly about but some people either don't have the time or the wherewithal uh to exercise that critical thinking and so you almost kind of like when this stuff actually hurts people you kind of got to roll back on some of these liberties a little bit. I don't know. Now uh, I feel like I sound like I a fascist. I, I just well, don't know. But we're talking about it, right? And that's the whole point. We're like, 100%. We're, we're putting these ideas out. That's what matters. Hopefully this video doesn't get demonetized, which by the way, to call back to what you said, Ben, getting away with murder, where we describe how to get away with murder, completely my, fine. My I checked. solid on that too. Don't do it. <laughs> I have to say that whenever that comes up in conversation, it, it is a clear walkthrough on how to get away. There are a couple updates I wanted to do um, regarding DNA. There's some ways around that, but don't do it. There's never a situation where that is something that you should consider doing. But this this also, this point stands. You know, I, again, like I, I would say that I, I wish more people would acknowledge that even in those days, pre-internet days of journalistic integrity. It's very much was and is a real thing. Intelligence agencies still had an enormous amount of control over the media. They will tell, like the CIA will tell the New York Times what to say. That's like a given. So it's the, the idea of free speech as it is often thought of in the modern West is somewhat mythologized in practice, like the actual practice of it. Freedom of speech does not mean freedom of consequences, as they say, but also there are a lot of unseen barriers 
uh, to, to reporting. And that's why I, I have such immense respect for investigative journalists. And again, we know there's not a perfect answer, but there's no way around the fact that YouTube is a primary vehicle of communication for people. What they say, whether you agree with it or not, it does go. It's the only show in town. You know, um, the next thing up would be the the next way up for it, it's its own kind of communication. You know, TikTok is a vast medium of communication now, but it's not it, it's not the same thing as YouTube. And I don't know what's going to happen let, with it. Let's also not forget that those codes of ethics we talked about, they're self-imposed. For the most part, you know what I mean? It's like this is a standard that I hold myself to or that this organization holds itself to. Um, it's not like you can arrest somebody for reporting misinformation unless you're they're actively inciting a riot or something. And even that's hard to prove. <laughs> we couldn't have proved that the president did that with the insurrection when he kind of went up and on the podium and said, follow me, take to the streets, you know, all that stuff. They couldn't prove that he incited a riot or maybe we haven't all seen the end game of that quite yet, but we know how hard it is to do that is all I'm saying. So it's not much of a surprise that those self-enforced and self-imposed codes of ethics and codes of integrity or whatever are kind of falling by the wayside as things get more democratized, you know, and more and more people become armchair reporters and armchair pundits and armchair influencers, you know, or whatever the case is, you know, um, people that, that, that are out there telling people how to live. And some people, if they have enough charisma, they make a good case <laughs> to certain people and they yeah. don't bother vetting. Also, you know, when you should be really worried folks is when social media or YouTube or Reddit or what have you uh, starts suppressing conversations about things like the Pandora Papers, or when uh, when you see when you see what are what are called algorithm burials, or at least that's what I've decided to call them now. Because if you want to remove attention from something, if you really want people not to talk about it, then you don't make a public statement. You don't say, hey, we're pulling all this stuff on purpose. You just, you just stop showing it to folks. And when they search, they can't find stuff. That is genuinely the best way to get rid of stuff. So then the other question becomes, why isn't this, why the decision to go public and say, hey, we're doing this? Is it based, as you said, on the recent announcements from international medical organizations? I, I think that's likely. Is it what, what else is it based on? I'd love to hear our fellow conspiracy realists take on this because I, I people have been with us for a long time. Um, I, I would love to hear what you think. Do you think we're right when we say that folks will tend to react adversely to this, perhaps even doubling down or becoming more extremist in their views? My money's on yes. That's where I'm putting. That's where I'm putting the big bucks. Well, and also let's just not forget that at the end of the day, YouTube is a business, and they probably businesses don't tend to react or change their policies and to not, for purely altruistic reasons. Usually happens when they start feeling like they're going to lose some money from some advertisers who don't want to be associated with a platform that lets that kind of content through. Shout out to OnlyFans who learned their lesson real fast. Yes, yes, old, yes, yes, OnlyFans. <laughs> I don't know why it's still like this is a diversion. Uh, I don't want to derail this, but there's this. You guys remember the film Half Baked? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So there was this line in Half Baked at the very toward the very end that has just sort of haunted me, and I, I don't understand it, and I don't know if it was improvised, but it, it plays in my head constantly. There's uh, he's uh, the main bad guy. He's gonna kill one of the one of the 
dudes from the crew and he's like or i'll blow your blah 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 friend away and then the guys get he's like held in a neck in a neck grab and he goes hey i'm cuban b and then the bad guy without missing a beat just goes ha ah, yes cuban b i don't know what that means is that like uh i right. don't know it's just, i think it's just him misunderstanding his amazing uh, catchphrase it is um, so hard to have and folks Matt, Noel, and I um, don't hang out in person as much as we'd like to, but we are actually friends, and we do hang, we do kick it, um, and we enjoy each other's company. And I just want to confess to you guys: sometimes in conversations, I don't know why I have to like bite down the impulse to respond. And we're having good conversations. We're having in-depth, nuanced, intellectual conversations. I have to stop myself from going, "Yes, Cuban B, ah, oh, yes, <laughs> Cuban B." So, please. Please, please, don't let me do I, that. I get it. Think nothing of it, Ben. And please, well, hey guys, I, now that you prepped us for this, I really want to see this happen. Um, you know, when we least expect it, for sure. Please, mm-hmm. please. Well, we uh, all need some yeah. levity. And uh, yeah, well, hey, guess what? Yeah, uh, it's five twenty-one p.m. Mm-hmm. ET Eastern Time, yeah. and Facebook is still down. And Facebook is still down. So is Thank Instagram. Thank you for checking. So uh, go let us know what's on your mind about the role YouTube should or should not play or the approaches, uh, things of that magnitude should or should not take. Let us know if you think there will be any substantive, meaningful change due to the release of the Pandora Papers. Let us know what else you think is in there. Let us know what you, especially if you're located in France yourself, uh, let us know what the reaction on the ground to the revelations about the serial killer are. Uh, you can tell us about it on uh, Facebook, maybe, if Facebook com- is there. But don't worry. If Facebook never comes back, you don't have to worry a bit. You can still don't talk to us. Don't say that, Ben. Don't say that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> find us on Instagram. Wait, wait. wait. If Instagram <laughs> never comes back, you can you can still talk to us, and we cannot wait to hear from you. Why not give us a ring on our good old-fashioned telephone number the number is 1-833-STDWYTK it's a voicemail system you've got three minutes say anything you want to whatever you can conceive of and leave yourself a cool nickname that would be wonderful just to keep the anonymity a little higher than normal and we really look forward to hearing from you if you've got more to share stuff that can't fit in that three minutes then we highly recommend you instead send us a good old fashioned email we are Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Live. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. 